album. Columbus Zooted. The show that combines your two favorite things. Weed and basketball. Hackable and grab a seat as Evan rambles on about this team he's loved for the past 40 plus years. This is my fourth take doing this. Um, had a little bit of technical difficulties tonight. Um, and hopefully, hopefully this one goes smoothly. Hopefully fourth time's the charm here. <laughs> so, as you may have guessed, I'm already, I'm already pretty high. Um, you know, because I've got a joint with me this week. Um, don't know what strain it is. Unfortunately, because um, this was given to me as a freebie by a dispensary because they fucked up my order. And I can't remember which one I chose. And the, the tube doesn't have the name of the strain. It's like cut off. Like I can't read the name of the strain. I can't remember what the name of the strain is. So we're just going old school tonight. Just smoke a little bit of weed. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to light this up. We're going to get started here. Um you know, yeah, well, it's been a in- interesting week. A little bit of a pain sandwich this week, but let me light this up and I'll be back in a second. I mean, not that I really need to, but hey, it's here. We'll, we'll smoke some more. <laughs> smoking a joint today kind of like Red Ar- Arbach used to smoke stogies after they won because we beat Boston in Boston fuck Boston fuck Red so I'm smoking a stogie tonight but before I get to that let's I'll recap the whole week you know because there's like I said four games 
since the last time I talked to you. And there's a bit of a pain sandwich this time around. Two losses in the middle, bookended by two wins on, on the ends. And, you know, the wins on the ends were nice, but yes, the, the losses in the middle were ugly. This Jekyll and Hyde team continues to be Jekyll and fucking Hyde. God damn it. So, anyway, we'll start with the Warriors. That was, that was a nice win. That was a really nice win. Double overtime. That was, you know, one of the funnest, more exciting games of the season. But, you know, another one that, like, you know, here we are, you know, year 21, and, you know, Bron's having to log all these minutes. And, like, he's amazing. But, like, we got to hope he holds up here, man. Ugh. Anyway, but that was that was a fun game. Really fun game. If you've got League Pass, definitely worth... Excuse me. A little burp there. Definitely worth a rewatch. So, you know, that one was fun. That was nice. But, like, then came the pain. Back-to-back against the Rockets and Hawks. And the Rockets beat us 135 to 119. And the Hawks beat us 138 to 122. And, you know, both games, we never really stood a chance. They, they had control the whole time. We, we made little runs at them, but, you know, never enough to, never enough to get back into it. Never enough to ever take the lead. Um, yeah, so that, those were, those were disappointing losses because, you know, those are teams that we should be able to beat. You know, record-wise, we're better than them. And, you know, we... Well, although, yeah, I'm sorry. I should check the standings. I think the Rockets actually might be a little better at this. But I haven't checked the standings in a while. I don't, I don't you know, I don't watch standings a lot. I'll, I'll glance at them here and there. But, like, until it gets down to, like, you know, late in the season where it's crunch time, where we're, you know, really, you know, trying to, you know, jockey for position that's when I'll kind of look at the standings so you know forgive me if I've you know erred there on on that but anyway so yeah that pain in the middle that that really sucked and you know again Braun logged you know fourth quarter minutes in blowout games both of those fucking games like I don't know what the fuck Hammer's doing with that. Like, you know, and, you know, maybe there's an argument that Braun is saying, hey, we need to keep trying, but, like, come on, man. Like, I feel like as the coach, you got to step in and be like, no, we, no, we got to save you. Especially, like, looking on the horizon, we got Boston. Because, you know, what happened, you know, come Thursday morning, you know, like, our hope was already pretty, pretty low after losing to the Rockets and Hawks. But then we get news, and we get news early that Braun and AD are out. So, I don't know about the rest of you, but, like, I didn't, ha- I had zero hope at that point. Like, you know, I had little hope, even with Braun and AD, like, thinking maybe, like, you know, 15, 20% chance we're going to win. But then, you know, when they were out, it was like, oh, zero. Like, I was, like, I was defeated. Like, but, who came to save the day? 
Austin motherfucking Reeves, the White Cobra. 32 points, led the team in scoring. That boy knew the assignment. He understood the assignment. Like, Austin, you've been taking so much heat this year. And, you know, a lot of it I feel is so undeserved, you know. And all the the people who, you know, want to question why he's untouchable, this is why. This is why. He wants to be a Laker. He understands what it is to be a Laker. You know, that's a moment that, like, he's probably lived for and played over in his mind, you know, hundreds of times, you know, beating Boston in Boston. Like, that's that's why Austin is untouchable, you know. And, you know, it's that, his connection to Kobe, and, you know, all of you Bronze stands that hate that stuff, I hate to tell you, but you're going to have to fucking get over it. You know, Kobe was here for 20 years, you know. We appreciate Bron. Bron is a great player. You know, and probably when he's done, you know, arguably the GOAT, you know, but like that's that's a whole other, you know, can of worms. But Kobe is a huge part of this franchise. And for you guys to not understand that and to disrespect that is is a little annoying at times. So understand that is why Austin is untouchable and you you don't like it you know you can leave when LeBron leaves that's fine you know those of you that are staying after LeBron I appreciate you you know that's anybody who wants to stay on the team here great you don't want to that's fine if you're here just for LeBron that's fine too but like don't disrespect Kobe don't disrespect our love of Kobe either he was here 20 years. So I just want you to remember that. So anyway, that was, you know, that was a really nice, nice win. And in my opinion, like the best win of the season, like for me, like, you know, as tough as this season has been, all the ups and downs to get that win in Boston, just like, oh, just it's not that it like kind of fixes everything, but it's just it just makes thing it makes a whole lot of things better. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, just th- that's that's a very satisfying, very very satisfying win. So, yes, thank you, Austin Reeves. Oh, thank you, Jackson Hayes as well. That D'Lo, you play great. At that entire you know, and Vando, Vando. That's that was the. Yeah, actually, I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But yeah, that was the one sad thing coming out of that game is that Vando got hurt. Um, Yeah, I'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah, Vando was out for a little bit while. And that's going to hurt. That's really going to hurt. Because, you know, he... Oh, damn. You know, we finally, finally convinced him to get him in the starting lineup. You know... And then that brings me here to, you know, my, my first topic that I want to talk about, you know, is that 
I believe there's a big reason that, you know, Vando finally got in the starting lineup. And I also saw a lot of things on the bench that reconfirmed what I think is going on right now, which I believe is a silent mutiny. Now, you know, I've been talking about this on my timeline. You know, there's some people that agree with me and there's few people that, you know, think I'm crazy and delusional and, you know, reading way too much into this. But, you know, I, I see what I see with my own two eyes. And like, you know, I've, I've also been through similar experiences like this as a player in different sports, you know, with certain coaches that didn't see eye to eye with players. And, you know, I understand that like a lot of people have this conception that, you know, coaches are always dictators, but like, you know, the players are playing and, you know, if you're actually pretty good at the game, you can, there can be some give and take and some pushback and, you know, and I believe that's what, that's what's happened here is that Ham has been very stubborn about, you know, his rotations and, you know, getting Vando into the starting lineup in particular. And, you know, we finally do it. And, you know, it doesn't matter who you put Vando in with, you know, that's the great thing. Like he isn't, he is the energy guy this year. Like, you know, last year it was Austin. When Austin came in, you could see like energy level raise and like, you know, guys would play harder. This year it's Vando, you know, like Vando is that excitement and that energy guy. So yeah, losing him just, yeah, that, that, that hurts. But anyway, what I saw happen was that Phil Handy, LeBron and AD, in my opinion, have formed a kind of little triumvirate to kind of take back control of the minutia of this team. Because I, f I feel that that's what's been lacking, is that Ham is, you know, a rah-rah kind of big picture guy, but like details have been getting missed. And like, you know, communication is a big problem with this team and has been a big problem with this team. But it wasn't last night. And I think a big part of it was it, it feels to me like what happened was, you know, that it got to a point where, you know, with these negotiations with Ham all season, Phil Handy, LeBron and AD were finally able to convince him that, hey, you know, let us try it our way and, you know, see what happens. Because, you know, we got to beat Boston here. And... You know, I saw Phil, LeBron, and AD super active on that bench. You know, when the timeouts were called, they were coaching guys up. There was a, you know, great moment when we come back from commercial break and you see AD out there coaching up Jackson Hayes and telling him, and like Jackson responds and like he had a great game last night. And I think a big part of it was, you know, having ad like be on him and be in his ear more like you know i made a joke on my timeline last night that you know that braun and ad took the night off you know to concentrate more on coaching and you know it is just a joke you know but it's also there's a little bit of truth in that because you know that's what we saw on the sidelines is that they were they were actually doing a lot of active coaching more than they've been doing you know they've They've been doing that here and there, but like I have not seen that 
active, focused, you know, like 48 minutes of it, like I saw last night, you know. And, you know, after the game, you know, a bunch of players were coming up and hugging Phil Handy too. So, you know, like, I think I'm on to something here. And, you know, I'll, like I said, now, when I use the word silent mutiny, maybe that's what's turning people off because they're thinking that, like, this is, you know, some, you know, just passive-aggressive, you know, coup when it's not, you know, not necessarily that the case. Like, you know, th these are more kind of artful negotiations. And, you know, passive-aggressive behavior, you know, as much as people dislike it, sometimes it's necessary you know, because it's, it avoids the bigger conflict, you know, because sometimes people that want you to bring it to your, to their faces like that, they only wanted you to bring it to their faces so that they could punch you in the face. So sometimes passive aggression is needed for those more aggressive people. And, you know, I understand why a lot of people don't like it, but it's, 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 part of being human human beings have been doing this for a long time and you know especially when they're working in teams and you know working together you know passive aggression is an unfortunate part of being humans and you know sometimes if people communicate you know and listen to each other initially those moments of passive aggression don't need to happen and I think that's what's happened here though is that Things were talked about initially, obviously, but things weren't listened to. And so, you know, you have to resort to the passive aggression because, you know, sometimes yelling and getting in people's faces only makes things worse. And like I said, sometimes only gets you punched in the face, too. So, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, I understand a lot of people that are going to, you know, doubt what I have to say. And that's fine. Like, you know, you can come on my timeline, you know, and push back. You know, I'm I'm happy to have a discussion with you. Um, you know, if you disagree with me, you know, just, you know, obviously know that, like, you know, keep it adult, keep it respectful. And I obviously will, too. But, like, if you come in like a troll, I'm going to troll, too. You know, you those of you that follow me on Twitter know, know what I'm like. You know, that, like, you know, you have an adult conversation with me. We're all good, you know, but but if you come in just, you know, lowballing, talking shit, you know, calling me names, calling me old, whatever, then it's, yeah, hey, man, game on, you know, because, like, I control too, you know, and, you know, I think it's funny and I have some fun with that. So, but, like I said, I, I welcome, you know, any challenge to this, like, you know, because, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm just a fan. This is what I'm seeing as a fan, and this is my perspective of watching all of these games, because this is an accumulation, in my opinion, of what's gone on with Ham and how he's lost control of this team. And I feel like, so this is this is really a good thing what's happened here with this Boston game, is that they've kind of grabbed control again, I feel like. You know, it, it's not, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get carried away. Like, don't, don't say that, like, oh, this, we've turned a corner. Because they still got to show me. Like, you know, this this team is still allergic to winning streaks. They'll win, like, you know, two, three games, and then, you know, it's back to losing. 
So, like, until they show me a legitimate, you know, like at least eight to ten game winning streak, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say this team has turned a corner yet. So, let's all, let's also get that clear. But, you know, from a standpoint of, you know, just hopefulness, it it looks it looks like they may have turned a corner. So, fingers crossed. You know, fingers crossed. Now, that brings us on to, you know, the bad news now. Bando. This really sucks. Really, really sucks. Like I said, he's that energy guy for us this year. We need him. You know, he's going to be, I mean, I say so hard to replace. He's impossible to replace, really. Like, you know, but we do have the advantage, you know, Thankfully, this happened before the trade trade deadline, you know, as opposed to after the trade deadline. So we can, you know, hopefully make a move to try and shore something up. But this also, um, you know, makes me feel like the Dejounte Murray trade is now, like, you know, almost necessary. But you know. Anyway, I'll get to that in a second. But anyway, back to Vando. Um, actually, you know, his x-rays were negative, which was a good thing. Um, but he's going to be out several weeks with what they're only terming right now as a foot injury, quote-unquote. So that could be a whole bunch of things. And hopefully it doesn't involve the bursitis again. Um, but, you know, the way he, the way he kind of, you know, turned his ankle, he got the top of his foot on the court and just kind of went forward with like, like that. And so feels like it's an ankle, but he might have some more, you know, um, soft tissue damage, you know, in the top of the foot there as well. Um, you know, and so they're going to reevaluate that, you know, hopefully, hopefully nothing severe, but you know, they're talking about the reevaluation could possibly mean that he's out for longer. So it sounds like they're a little, a little pessimistic, not out to so hopefully we'll find out a little bit more in the next coming days but like looks like he's out for at least february maybe even a good portion of march so that's going to be rough that's going to be real rough you know because we need him you know hopefully we can get him back for the playoffs because yeah i he right now like i said he, he's he's our energy guy and you know, we need him. We need him in that starting lineup. You know, but also, like I said, without him now, you know, point of attack is very, very glaring. You know, we're still waiting on Gabe, you know, and, you know, still waiting on Cam. So really, Max is about all we got right now for point of attack. And, you know, Max is okay, but yeah, he's, he's no Vando. He's no Vando. I like, but he, I'm, I'm hoping he's going to get some more minutes now with Vando out because we're going to need him for sure. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a rough one. And, you know, but like I said, it now it kind of forces this hand, like 
I was looking at the DeJounte Murray trade as not much of a needle mover, but now it's become, in my opinion, almost a necessity because we're going to need that point of attack. And D'Lo, man, I appreciate the way you've been playing. Man, I, I wanted to bring you to work, but, you know, that's why we, that's why you signed that contract like it is, you know, because it's a tradable asset, and you knew this was part of the possible deal. So, you know, I think we need to get DeJounte. I think, you know, D'Lo's out here. But, you know, we also got to – I don't know if the Hawks are dealing in, in good faith. We're going to have to wait and see on that, you know. Um, hopefully we can get that deal pulled off because that's, to me, that's that's our best, you know – our best move at this point and what we're I think what we need to do it's it's become a necessity now with Vando out you know I felt with Van, with Vando in I think we could have you know survived keeping D'Lo here but with without Vando I think we need DeJounte now it's it yeah like you know new information hey you know and I also want to speak on this a little bit like you know New information makes you change your mind, you know, and that's, you know, it's scientific method, you know, like if you get new information and you're not changing your mind, you're, you're just staying steady, you know, just to stay steady, you know, you're, you're kind of missing the boat. So <laughs> a lot of people like to, you know, give me crap for, you know, shifting around, but like, you know, new information comes in. Sometimes you have to change your stance. And, you know, sometimes you're wrong. Sometimes you have to admit you're wrong as well, you know, and they're not, they're not always the same thing either. So anyway, but, you know, we really need, we really need DeJounte. And then we also really need to seriously consider getting Torian Prince off this team, you know, to save Ham from himself for one. But also, Torian has also got an expiring contract. And, you know, I mean, thankfully he's only making about $4 million, but, like, you know, we don't need to necessarily lose him for nothing when we can right now possibly flip him for an asset that can help us now. So he needs to go, and we need to get DeJounte. That is in my opinion, the biggest priority going forward. Um, and, you know, we've got, what, just six days left here, you know, till, yeah, till the trade deadline. So, you know, hopefully, and, you know, I, I feel like this one's going to go down right to the deadline because I think the Hawks, they are really looking for a better offer, but it looks... You know, from what everything that's been said, it, the the offer that we've put on the table is the best offer they've gotten. So there's a good chance that you know we wait this out and we can hopefully get Dejounte. So if that happens, Delo, thank you. I really appreciate you, man. Sorry it didn't work out. And also, if you stay, hey man still behind you man and I 
I hope you can keep this hot streak up, man. But whatever happens, man, I just, I wish you well, man. Because, yeah, you know, you played with Kobe and appreciate you being, you know, being an original draft pick of this team. And, you know, like I said, I hoped the reunion had worked. But it looks like, you know, we need to ship you out. So, uh, sorry, D'Lo. But anyway, on to on to the next topic here. Yeah, I just grabbed the J. I'm, I'm freaking funny stuff. <laughs> like I said, you know, this is this is fourth take, so. But you know, habits. Anyway, I do need do need a little bit of drink. Sounds a little bit cold. So, next topic I want to talk about is uh, the ridiculous rumor that comes up every trade deadline since LeBron has been here. Is you know, uh, well, I should say every 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 season that we are underachieving, which has been the past few seasons, and and it's we're going to trade LeBron. And of course, somebody, you know, dropped a, you know, a thing on Twitter about how he had with a credible source that he heard that LeBron is going to get traded before the deadline. And, you know, he's hearing from NBA peeps. And, you know, like every time, every time I see somebody say that, like I'm hearing from NBA people that the Lakers are going to do this. I always take it with a grain of salt because unless we're hearing it from Laker people, a lot of times we're hearing it from NBA people who are just spitballing about, you know, what they think the Lakers should do. <laughs> so like, you know, it, it, it gets a little out of control sometimes with these reports just because, you know, we have one of the biggest fan bases and we bring a lot of eyeballs and, yeah, so they they throw our name in a lot of a lot of stuff like that, and it's just yeah. But like, you know, Rich Paul, of course, you know, after that, came on ESPN to say that yeah, that that he's not going to be traded, and you know, it's not happening. He's not asking for a trade. You know, the Lakers aren't actively shopping him. Neither are happening. So everybody relax. He is staying a Laker. And, you know, I think there's, you know, there's many reasons for him to stay a Laker. And, you know, like, at his age, with his family, you know, why is he going to want to uproot, go to another city, and try and, you know, work it out with a new coach, new players, you know, new surroundings, you know, no matter how good your teammates are, you know, and especially with this new CBA, it's it's much harder. You know, he's he's making fifteen million a year. Like trying to fit that in, you know, to this to new CBA and salary cap. You know, with with the rest of your team, it's it's not easy. You know, and like so he's for that reason as well as the fact that you know he family movies. 
Los Angeles, like, he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. You know, he might, you know, when Bronny comes into the league, he might, you know, follow Bronny somewhere, possibly. But I don't, I don't see him, you know, leaving L.A. until at least Bronny comes into the league. So everybody can relax. You know, I'm sure we'll still, you know, get everybody to talk about this. And if he, you know, re-ups next year and, you know, Bronny still hasn't come out, you know, I think that, you know, he'll, yeah, he'll still be here. So everybody can relax, you know, or be mad, you know, depending on your stance, because there's still, I know there's plenty of Laker fans who can't stand the fact that Bron is here. I don't, I don't understand that stance or, you know, well, I shouldn't say it all. I kind of understand it. I, th- I, th- I just think, I think you're being a little irrational. That's all. But <laughs> teach his own. Teach his own. I'm not here to fan police. You know, <laughs> said it before. I'll say it again. You know, but yeah, I don't. He he's not going anywhere. And you know, that also brings me on to, you know, my last topic here. Um, you know, Lakers are going to be just fine. And you know, people talk this stuff over and over. And, you know, it, it's usually Laker haters that I hear talk this kind of stuff. You know, it's... You know, all these doom and gloomers that they think there's this franchise is going to fall apart, you know, after LeBron leaves. And it they, they don't understand that this this franchise has a thing called legacy. Legacy. Yes, we appreciate LeBron. LeBron is great. He is one of the goats, if not the goat. Absolutely. That's, you know, there's, there's, but that does not trump the legacy of an entire team. And, you know, you may think it is, and you may talk all this crap about, you know, what free agents are going to come here, but it's, it's not just the team. It's the city is also a draw. Like, you know, they're, and every team's going to have some losers. Like, you know, that's the other perspective that you have to have is that, you know, I've been here for 40 years. And so like, the, there's, there's been plenty of loon years, you know, and like, you know, those, those, those Kobe, those post Kobe years were extra lean, obviously. And I think, I think they scarred a lot of people. You know, a lot of this younger generation, I think, is just, was just, like, I think, I think what's happened is that the, the older generation told them, like, you know, yeah, this team is awesome. We win all the time. And, like, and they, they're probably watching, like, what the fuck is this bullshit? <laughs> and I think that's why a lot of them are like, oh, this team sucks. This team is ass. But, you know, it is what it is. And this team is going to be just fine. Like, so... You know, all these, all these people who think, you know, that, 
you know, the Lakers are going to fall off after LeBron goes. But just wait and see. Because this front office is actually planning right now for a future after LeBron. And if we get DeJounte, um, we've got, you know, his contract, I'm pretty sure, lines up with AD's. So that that makes a nice little duo for post-LeBron. Um, and I think we're going to be okay. I think we're going to be okay. So, you know, all you doom and gloomers, you know, you can suck it. <laughs> You're going to be mad. You're going to be mad as always. You know, seems not perfect. You know, we're, we don't, you know, you, nobody wins. Nobody can win all the time. But, you know, we, we're pretty goddamn good at reloading. And, you know, taking shots at it decade after decade, you know, so you can say what you want, you know, talk all that shit, but the Lakers are going to be just fine. No worries, man. <laughs> so anyway, I think that about wraps. I wrote going a little bit shorter the one, I guess, this week, you know, fourth try, like, I think I was probably a little more long-winded than those earlier ones. And, you know, I'm a little tired here, a little past my bedtime. So that really only means one thing here. historical stoner circle so you know i've been you know messing around with this since i've gone solo here and so i thought i think the best way to do this is kind of think about three guys i'd like to sit in a stoner circle with so the three guys i'd love to be able to sit in a stoner circle with this week would be Seth Rogen, Jimi Hendrix, and Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> and now I know a lot of you probably going like, what the fuck? Like, that's that's a pretty like, you know, weird, weird crowd. But that's that's kind of how I like it. Like, I I kind of like the you know the differences between the three of them, and I think that could make for some really fun, interesting, and very funny conversations so that's my historical stoner circle this week it'd be seth rogan jimmy hendrix and Pee Wee herman so like imagine the laughs and the and the joy you could have and just talking about you know so many things from you know creativity and art to you know music and comedy and just life and that's that's what I'd like to do. That's the kind of stoner circles I like. So anyway, you know, it is 
it's been great talking to everybody again. And, you know, this team, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bullshit or sugarcoat you, you know, like we had championship aspirations this year and, you know, they're pretty slim right now. They're pretty slim, you know, and, you know, probably slim to none even. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bullshit you, but, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving this team. I've been here for 44 years. And, you know, this team has brought me much more joy than ever has pain. So I'm not going anywhere. You know, all these people that, you know, are threatened to quit being Laker fans, you know, take off. But, you know, when we start winning again, I'll welcome you back with open arms. I'm cool like that, you know. <laughs> but anyway... I hope you all have a great evening, afternoon, morning, whenever you're listening to this. And stay zooted, everybody. Peace. history of mankind, men have been called out and written up millions of times over, but only one man was written up for, and I quote, making barnyard noises and wouldn't stop. Rest in power, my friend. Washiko.